Hey, yo, what's going on, everyone? This is Lex James. And this is your boy, Mikey Bravo, and you're listening to The Wrestling High. And on this show, we'll keep you up to date on all things WWE and AEW, whether it's good, bad, or just completely shit. We're also going to be hitting you with all the rumors and hot topics all throughout the world of pro wrestling. And be sure to follow us on Instagram at the underscore wrestling underscore high. Do it. What's up, guys? I'm here with my boy Lowe, some Lex. This is Mikey Bravo, a.k.a. the Bodacious Bravo. First of all, Happy New Year to everybody out there. And if you listened to our last episode, as long as it was, you know 2021 came in with a bang and went out with a bang, and 2022 started off with the foot still on the pedal. Sure as hell did, man. Um, Before we get into WWE day one, I uh, definitely want to address the obvious. Um, Anyone that listened to all three and a half hours of our last episode would be able to tell that the last hour and 20 minutes sounded very different from the first couple hours. And our reason being is because uh, Mike and I, like practically the rest of the damn world, came down with COVID during the holidays. And uh, like that last, uh, the last couple segments of the last episode and right now, we are not recording together, uh, which is why it sounds a little different. Um, anyone that's worried, we're both pretty much on the uh, back end of this whole COVID bullshit. We're both doing a lot better, but we're keeping it safe. And we're still bringing you our show. We're still, uh, you know, going to give you our day one review. Dedicated to the cause. Damn right. And just because being cooped up in your own place fucking sucks and it's probably the yeah, worst it really fucking i was losing my mind bro <laughs> yeah yeah i don't live in a big enough apartment for this to be fun so um but anyway like i said covid's damn near in the rear view for us uh, our next episode will sound uh back to normal i should say um but here we are now we're here to talk about wwe day one and day one <laughs> speaking of covid uh day one was a victim of covid as well um around six o'clock uh, Eastern time, it's reported that Roman Reigns, of all fucking people, came down with COVID. And, um, of all people, like yeah. the last person that even needed it. The thing is, and it's crazy too, because a week prior, WWE started pulling a lot of their main stars from live events. Roman Reigns, obviously, being one, uh, along with Becky Lynch and Bianca Belair, I believe Seth Rollins, Big E, were all pulled. Um, from live events leading up to day one, just so they can, you know, hopefully preserve the card that they had planned. And, uh, you know, we last week, we didn't see Seth Rollins or Big E or Becky Lynch on Monday Night Raw. Roman Reigns wasn't on SmackDown. Um, and then we get to day one, and literally an hour before the pre-show, Roman Reigns is off the show, thanks to COVID. Um Roman I Reigns saw said, that I, and I was like, "Holy shit, you got to yeah, be you, yeah, exactly." The 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 one thing WWE was trying to prevent, and it happens literally hours before showtime, um, which caused them to call an audible and a fatal four way, which was originally a one on one between Biggie and Seth Rollins, which turned into a triple threat adding Kevin Owens, which would then turn into a fatal four way adding Bobby Lashley, is now a fucking fatal five way with Brock Lesnar. Yeah, this match snowballed like it was a fu- like it was literally a snowball going down the hill. <laughs> literally every week, this was a different match. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, Brock Lesnar being added to the to the to the four way, making it a five way, gives that match all sorts of unpredictability as far as I was concerned. And uh, we'll touch on that match in a little bit. Another match that apparently fell victim. I'm assuming it fell victim to COVID because we sure as hell didn't get it. And I don't remember them really mentioning the match in, at all. And it was Shinsuke Nakamura defending the IC title versus Sami Zayn. Yeah, I was wondering what happened with that because they had that whole gauntlet match. And I thought that we were going to get that at day one, but it just never happened. Well, it was on the card. And apparently um, I did catch, I can't remember which match it was. I don't, I don't know if it was the pre-show or it was the first match of the night, but I did hear Michael Cole mention that the match wasn't happening tonight. They didn't say why. They didn't, you know, specify if any if either of the two came down with COVID. They like Michael Cole just like nonchalantly mentioned it in the middle of a match, and that was it. So if you didn't catch it, you know, <laughs> that's why. Uh, you had to be. Yes, really- yeah, I didn't catch that, so I was wondering, like, where, where the hell's Nakamura and Zayn? I was waiting for that. That was a match I was really looking forward to. Um, we didn't get it, and I'm not so sure when we are going to get it. I I don't re- uh, recall them like giving us a date as far as you know if it's going to be the next SmackDown or what. So I don't know. Keep your uh, keep your ears open for that. That would be um, a hell of a match to watch. And you know maybe it being on SmackDown would uh, benefit a little more. Maybe it'll get a little more time and respect. Um, either way, I kind of hope Sami Zayn ends up with the IC title at the end of that match. Um, yeah, me too. Yeah, the Intercontinental title definitely needs um, some improvement. And you would think Nakamura having the title would do exactly that, but they've literally done nothing with the IC title or Nakamura. So common sense tells you to put the IC title on Nakamura um, if you're WWE creative, <laughs> I guess. Um, so, yeah, we were without that match too. Another uh, disappointment. But uh, all in all, this was a pretty solid pay-per-view. I'm going to start with the pre-show because poor fucking Ridge Holland was in a tag match with Sheamus, teaming uh, teaming up with Sheamus against Ricochet and Cesaro. And about a minute into the match, we have a spot where Ridge Holland is on the ground and Cesaro basically flips Ricochet into the air, like seemingly to do a 450 splash. Uh, he doesn't land the entire 450 because um, Ricochet's foot comes crashing down on Ridge Holland's face in the middle of the move. That shit uh, looked painful. Completely breaking his nose. Um, you see, like, it happens so quick. Um, like, all of a sudden, Ridge Holland's out of the match and not to be seen again. And then there's an inexplicable blood stain on the mat. If you, like I said, if you missed it, you wouldn't even know where the hell that blood came from. And they show the replay and they show... Uh, poor Ridge Holland getting his face crushed by Ricochet's foot. He didn't finish I mean, the if, match. If nothing else, he's following his mentor's footsteps, breaking his nose, right? <laughs> yeah, no shit, man. Sheamus broke his damn nose, like, what, three times last year? Yeah, so he's uh, on the right path. Might be time to bring that mask back. Why not? Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Um, yeah, and Ridge Holland, like I said, he didn't finish the match. That's how, um, that's how severe that broken nose was. And Sheamus had to wrestle the match, uh, the rest of the match himself. And he actually wins the fucking match. A bro kick to Sheamus. Oh, I'm sorry, to Cesaro for the one, two, three. Um, I, I Obviously, I get it. Ridge Holland getting a broken nose clearly wasn't planned. Um, but I would think maybe you call an audible. I mean, Sheamus going over on Ricochet and Cesaro surely makes Sheamus look strong. But do they plan on doing anything with him for that yeah. victory to even mean anything? Because if you don't, 
you just kind of buried Ricochet and Sheamus. For no reason. I mean, it's Cesaro. Cesaro for no reason, too. Right. Um, like I said, obviously, no one planned on, you know, Rich Holland breaking his nose. Um, but it just seems like they went with, you know, what they had planned accordingly. So kind of a head-scratcher, you'd think, like, all right, maybe they're not going to do anything with Sheamus. And maybe, I, I could be wrong. Maybe they build him up to be an opponent for Roman down the line. I don't know. Um, but I can't imagine that's anytime soon, being that it's, you know, pretty much WrestleMania season now. Um, so, yeah, Sheamus went over in a, what, essentially a handicap match uh, to kick off day one. And that led us to our very first match of the night of the – well, I don't know if you caught this, Mike. They're not calling it pay-per-view anymore. Really? They're calling it premium live events. I don't know if you caught on to that, how uh, Michael Cole kept referring to day one. No, I I didn't catch that, but it's corny. It's a fucking pay-per-view. Just call it that. They are just trying to reinvent the wheel without any necessity. You know, like, you you notice how, you know, a non-title match is now called a championship contenders match. It's just more of a mouthful for you to say. If it's not broke, don't fix it. Exactly. But, you know... (laughs) WWE for you. It's a pay-per-view to me. Premium live event to them. But that is that is the, I don't know, if, if you go back and watch, they nailed that phrase into our fucking heads uh, to let us know we're not watching a pay-per-view. We're watching the very first premium live event. But anyway, first match of the night, we get the Usos defending the SmackDown tag titles against the New Day. Um, and Xavier Woods, King Woods, is actually from Atlanta. I don't know if he's actually from Atlanta or lives in Atlanta, but they were in... Um, State Farm Arena, I believe it's State Farm Arena, right? Or I think that's what they call yeah, it. Yeah, I think that's what it was. And uh, in Atlanta, Georgia. State Farm or Allstate, one of them. I think Allstate is Chicago. Okay. I think the Allstate Arena is Chicago. It's one of them damn insurance companies. Right. Um, but yeah, this, you know, day one was in Atlanta, and it was a pretty nice crowd, too. It was uh, practically a sellout crowd. I think they had over 11,000 people there. So that's always nice to see, especially for a big pay-per-view event. And, and they I, were really into it, too. Yeah, they were. They were really into this um this first match. And real quick, I just I don't know. It's so demoralizing seeing like so many empty seats in the crowd. Um, so to see you know, and, and any show whether it's WWE or AEW, I just hate seeing that shit. Um, so when they you know you find out that this was a pretty you know packed arena for this show, it was pretty nice to see kicking off the new year. Um, and like especially you said, especially with COVID going around, right? Exactly. Um, and like you said, um, hell of a way to start off Usos and the New Day. And like Mike and I have said, this is like the 505th time they have faced each other in the last five or six years. But it didn't disappoint. We yeah, got a it's lot always of a back- banger with these guys. Always. Yeah. A lot of good back and forth action in this. Um, you know, it's what we come to expect with these two. And uh, they got a lengthy amount of time, uh, about 17 minutes. We saw a lot of cool near falls. We see um, the New Day. Uh, one of their double team moves, Kofi hits Jey Uso with a backbreaker for Xavier Woods to come off the top rope and hit him with a double foot stop for a nice near fall. Um, Kofi Kingston ate about three Uso splashes. One was a regular Uso splash that he kicked out of. And then another one was an Uso splash from both at the same time, which would have ended the match if Xavier Woods didn't break the pinup. Um, so the crowd's really into it. And then uh, you see Jimmy and Jay, they uh, dispose of Xavier Woods, and they put the ones up, like Roman Reigns does. And we get hit with a 3D. Well, Kofi Kingston got hit with I, I like that finish. I liked it. 
And the Usos get the win with the 3D, but here's the thing. They're not calling it the 3D. If you uh, heard what Pat McAfee was saying. I was just going to say that. I like the little twist he put on it. He called it the 1D, one and done, which is yep. kind of cool. Like, it, what, to me, I liked it. I I'm, I have no problem with it. And apparently, both Bully Ray and Devon went on Twitter and gave him their blessing. There you so go. Maybe this is... Um, Maybe they're going to start using the 3D as a finisher for now on, or as at least one of their finishers. Um, and, you know, I like the name, too, the one, the 1D, one and done. Yeah, um, I'm digging that. I like it. I, I ain't got no problem with it. Um, yeah, hell of a way to start the pay-per-view. Usos won, which I expected being that, you know, the story they were telling going into it was the New Day had their number. They won three previous matches leading up to this match. Um, so no real surprise there. Didn't expect the Usos to drop the tag titles. Uh, you know, they, they're they going to remain the tag champs for a little bit. Yeah, that's one of those things. Like I said, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Like, Roman's still the universal champ and will be for the foreseeable future. He might as well keep his stable with the belt, too. Yeah. Yeah. I, if anything, the earliest I'm taking the tag titles off the Usos is WrestleMania, and that depends on, you know, the team that they're facing, in my opinion, how they're built up, and if it makes sense to take the titles off of them. You know what I mean? Otherwise, yeah. be a reason to keep. Uh, I don't see a reason to take the tag titles off of the Usos. Uh, they're WWE's best tag team by far. Yeah, by a long shot. Yeah. So, um, our next match is a match that I can probably speak for most people. Nobody looked forward to it all. Drew McIntyre versus Madcap Moss. And uh, you know what, Madcap Moss, silly fucking name aside, he's not bad in the ring. Yeah, I, I got. I didn't care for the match, but after watching it, I'm like, yo, the guy can wrestle. He's he can go in the ring. So, yeah, I gotta lose, give him props on that. Lose the goofy name and the fucking suspenders, and you know, give him a a mean streak, and we might be onto something. He has a good look, despite looking like the cowardly lion, like you say. Yeah, um, I I just can't. I can't get past his attire. Like he's wrestling in, yeah, well, like he looks clothes he looks, you would go out in and shit. You know what I'm saying? Like you yeah. gotta. Dress more like a wrestler, dude. And after seeing him in the ring, like you said, if they take him a little more serious, give him a mean streak, and he's funny as shit. I mean, the joke that he said about Atlanta being the biggest city in Georgia, but he didn't know they based that on weight. Like that guy (laughs) that out of me, bro. (laughs) Yeah, I almost didn't want to laugh at that just because of who it was coming out of. I didn't want to even give him that, but it was funny. Like, all right, I'll admit that was so. You know, the guy shows that he he has a little bit of. An entertaining streak, and I'm giving him a mean streak. Give him real, you know, attire to wear. The one and I spot, think they should get him away from Corbin, honestly. Yeah, I, the one spot that I was really impressed with, um, Madcap Moss is um, this one part in there where Drew McIntyre, believe, is you know, coming off the ropes, and he jumps at him like seemingly to do a crossbody, and fucking Moss actually catches him. Um, he almost dropped him because Drew McIntyre is, after all, like six six. And like fucking probably like two seventy something. I could. Yeah, I could, he's huge. The guy. It's a big fucking guy. Drew McIntyre is pretty goddamn big, and um, and he moves like he moves better than anybody his size should move. So I, I remember, I think he went for like a cross body, and Madcap Moss actually fucking caught him and held on to him as long as he could, drove him into the turnbuckle, and then hit him with I believe like a fallaway slam. So I was like, wow, it's you know for him to catch someone like Drew McIntyre, like that's pretty. Yeah, impressive. that's impressive shit. Yeah, so I'm like, all right, there is something with this guy. There's clearly talent there. He's just saddled with an awful gimmick like a lot of WWE wrestlers. 
Um, so, you know, it is worth looking past some of that shit because there is talent there. Um, but obviously the end result was pretty, you know, everybody knew who was going to win this match. Drew McIntyre won with a Claymore kick. And uh, it's what happened uh, a little bit later on in this premium live event. God, that sounds so stupid. Um, backstage interview, Kayla Braxton or someone. No, nah, it wasn't even Kayla Braxton. As the other lady catches up with Drew McIntyre, starts questioning him. Well, what's next? Does he, does he go after Happy Corbin? And while he's answering, he gets jumped by uh, Madcap Moss and Happy Corbin. While he starts getting the better of one of them, uh, I think it was Corbin that came out of nowhere and hit him with a chair a couple times. And then placed his head and neck inside the chair and uh, took a big metal object and slammed the metal object onto the chair, basically crushing Drew McIntyre's neck and throat. I feel like this was another instance where they could have gave us a little bit of color because you just pretty much squashed the guy's throat with what seems to be a, like an old piece of Titantron. I remember Brock Lesnar curling one of them shits in the back back in the right. day. And you put his, you know, his neck is in between the chair and you slam that down. I mean, he could have spit up a little bit of blood. He could have, yeah. Like that, you know? Surely you could have used some fake blood to spit up. You know, just but, to you know. Give, put a little realism in it. Um, but interesting uh, to find out is that um, this, was a, um, this was a way to write Drew McIntyre off of TV. Because apparently Drew McIntyre has been dealing with a nagging neck injury for a while. And they're stating that he's going to be out several weeks. They weren't really... Um, specific as far as his uh return is gonna be wow so i mean does this mean drew mcintyre misses wrestlemania i don't know shitty timing though um and when you and then you know earlier this week i remember hearing something that drew mcintyre wrestled more matches than anybody i I, it was anybody in wrestling but in wwe last year 2021 drew mcintyre wrestled i believe it was 95 matches all year and uh, there was significantly, significantly a lot more than whoever came second. I can't remember who came second, but Drew McIntyre basically just proved he's a workhorse. And the fact that he was doing that with a bad neck, um, it's hard not to respect him. Not it's yeah. hard to respect him for that. It's like Kenny Omega shit. Like you, you got to respect these guys getting in there and taking bumps and doing what they do with injuries. Yeah, no shit. You know, it's just a shame Drew McIntyre keeps getting saddled with half-ass feuds. Um, because the guy is, he's legit, you know. And Yeah, he, he's, a, he's a main event for the foreseeable future. I, I'm tired of seeing him involved in bullshit. Yeah, it's just, you know, like we all know him and Roman Reigns are inevitable. You know, it's going to happen. It's a matter of when. Um, but, yeah, I mean, apparently that's going to be put on hold too. SmackDown's really hurting now. Jeff Hardy yeah, got are. released. Now Drew McIntyre's out for the foreseeable future. Um, yeah, SmackDown does not have one baby face that matters right now you know not a main all right you got nakamura you got cesaro but they're not main eventers as much as i would love them to be they're never treated that way well who knows maybe this is a as unfortunate as it is maybe this is a good time for them to say okay well you know what we have nakamura let's build him to be the next guy that you know go after reigns while drew's out they probably have no choice who the hell is gonna face roman at the rumble I'd take Nakamura and Roman at the Rumble. Yeah, but you got like three or four weeks to build that for it for people to actually buy that Nakamura is going to win. A guy who hasn't defended his IC title in like the yeah. When you put it that way, it is like uh, he hasn't really done shit, but ran around with 
this guy, what's his name? Uh, Boogs. Fucking Boogs. And he plays air guitar with Pat McAfee on top of the announce table. That's the most he's done. And it's like, can you find a bigger way to waste Nakamura and the IC title? So that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, even if you were to drop the title to Zayn and you build him up really quick, you know, to, you know, be taken serious as a Roman Reigns opponent, but no one's going to take that serious. And what sucks about it is that match would kick ass. Roman Reigns yeah, and Nakamura. But there's not it enough really time would. to build it. Not enough time to build it. Yeah, three actually... weeks is not long enough to build a big match. No, especially when it's going to take a lot more than three weeks to repair Nakamura's character, if they care yeah. to. Um, so, yeah, SmackDown's hurting, man. Drew McIntyre, you hear about that. It's like, damn. like They just lost Drew McIntyre. Hopefully it's not that long. Hopefully he's all right. And, um, yeah. But um, SmackDown went from being the clearly the best show, the best wrestling show to watch on TV, to arguably the hardest one to watch. So um, that draft really fucking depleted their roster. No shit, it really did. Um, so we got our next match was the Raw Tag Titles. RK Bro defending the uh, Raw Tag Titles against the Street Profits, and this was another entertaining match. Um, Migos rap group Migos. That was probably the biggest problem that I had with this match. Was like, get these guys off of wrestling TV. I get the whole, you know, tie-in with celebrities, and it brings more or a different audience in. But it's like. Fuck these guys, man. <laughs> I'm not a fan of Migos. As as a as an avid hip hop fan, I am not a fan of Migos whatsoever. I couldn't even name one of their fucking songs because I grew up on real rap. Um, but that has nothing to do with what I'm about to say. I get what you're saying, and I would usually agree. This one, this celebrity, you know, cameo, whatever the hell you want to call it, this didn't bother me. This didn't irk me like other ones have. Because Migos is from Atlanta. So, you know. Most likely, most people in that arena knew who the fuck they were, um, and they're actually yeah. they're actually fans of WWE. Um, so I can forgive it if it's a, if it's a celebrity or celebrities that are actually familiar with the product. I hate when they bring in someone who has never watched a day of wrestling or only watched when like fucking Hogan or Austin were big, and that's the only thing they can refer to. And then they act like fucking clowns, making wrestling look like shit. Yeah, like I guess that's a plus, at least. If yeah, fans. like the one thing I'll never forgive is when they brought LeVar Ball and Lonzo Ball and LaMelo Ball, the whole Ball family, all right? When they brought them over oh, to God. Miss TV, and that was just fucking hideous, and it was nauseating to watch. And none of those idiots had any business being in a fucking wrestling ring. LeVar Ball acted like a complete fucking moron and a tool. Um, and just over exactly. I think fucking one of his sons even dropped the end bomb on live. Yeah, TV. ass wipe, ass. That's Lamelo. It was yeah, Lamelo like, Ball. This was years before yeah, he was in the yeah. NBA. You know, and I think Lonzo had like, uh, was just starting to be a rookie too. Like he was a, that was his rookie year. So yeah, just that is a perfect example of a celebrity guest gone completely fucking wrong, and just embarrassing. The Migos they didn't overstay their welcome. You know what I mean? It didn't bother me. I didn't, you know, they didn't get involved in a match. They were basically just ringside watching. So I was all right with that. And they came out with RK, bro. So, you know, at least they're coming out with one of the cooler acts that WWE has to put out. I'm all right with it. Yeah. It could have been way worse. I think one of the other things that kind of like rubbed me the wrong way about this match was, I don't know if you caught this, but to me, Montez Ford was kind of trying to heal it up during the match. I didn't Doing his little dance and saying, I'm so good. I'm so good. Like... I kind of felt heel vibes, but then after they were shaking hands, and I'm like, shit, man, I thought 
we were going to get to see like a heel street profits because I really think they can do something as bad guys. Yeah, I, I definitely um, Montez Ford. Now that you mention it, I guess I don't, I don't know if I would like deem that heel tendencies, but I can understand where you're coming from. It was definitely acting a little more out of character than usual, but I feel like that was just kind of like in a competitive manner. Um, but one thing that is clear is Montez Ford um, is the Shawn Michaels of this. Yeah, act. he is. He, he's and definitely going to be a solo act at some point. And I wouldn't I even mind seeing him and Bianca as like a, a power couple type thing. Hey, I mean, it makes sense, man. Montez Ford has got athleticism out the ass. He's got enough athleticism for both Raw and SmackDown rosters. His frog splash, dude, when he lands it, like he comes from so high in the air that he's able to catapult himself up. Like his frog splash would make it would bring a tear to Rob Van Dam's eye. Yeah, I like what I appreciate about his athleticism. It's not overly done in every match. It's right? not. It's like you watch a Ray Phoenix match in AEW, and most of mostly everything you see is going to be flipping off the fucking ropes twice before his move. And it's just so damn unnecessary, and you disconnect, and you see it so many times throughout a match that you forget which spot was the coolest. You know what I mean? And yeah, it's just Montez too much Ford, to, to like to take in. Too much to, to, to keep up with. Montez Ford yeah. doesn't go ballistic with that shit. You know what I mean? So I definitely see a singles run in his future. I don't see it happening right away because I think there's still some money in the Street Profits. Uh, they are one of their stronger tag teams. Um, but, yeah, I, I Montez Ford definitely has that potential. Um, and Angela Dawkins, uh, sorry, but he has uh, Marty Jannetty written all over him. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he does. Yeah. But um, but yeah, this match, entertaining match, and uh, the one standout spot is the finish, where Montez Ford comes off the ropes and Riddle comes out of nowhere and lifts him up, throws him in the air for Orton to catch him with an RKO on the way down. We get the RKO out of nowhere. We get the one, two, three, and uh, like you said, Randy Orton and Riddle end up shaking hands with the Street Profits. Migos comes into the ring, shakes hands with both teams, and it was a cool little, you know. Cool little moment you had. Yeah, it was, it was so far, like, every match delivered. Yeah. You know, so uh, harmless, you know, both teams showing respect to each other. Nothing wrong with that. Our next match, we get Edge and Miz. Now, this is a match that uh, Mike and I have been pretty uh, vocal about. I mean, like I said before. Yeah, they didn't really want to see this. There's plenty of other people on the list that I'd rather see Edge go in the ring with. Yeah. But I will say, Edge has a knack since since he's come back, and even when he was in WWE before, he, he I, like I haven't seen him have a bad match yet. This match with the Miz wasn't bad to me. No, no, Edge it's, is he's still as good as he's ever been, man. That that's for sure. Yeah, I didn't need this the only match thing before. was good. The only thing that I didn't really get about it was maybe I'm jumping a little too far ahead. But when Beth Phoenix came out, it was like, oh look, she can't move her feet. Until they find her entrance music. All right, that bothered. Wow, what do you know? That bothered the shit out of me because I don't know. Someone missed their cue. All right, um, either Beth Phoenix's music didn't go off as soon as it should have, or Beth Phoenix came out sooner than she should have. Whatever the fucking case was, it was really awkward and made no sense because you well, see, Ed, maybe they just was, haven't used it in so long. I don't know. It's like it looked like the two priests were looking at the aisleway, and the camera was on them two looking at the aisleway. Now, Grant, now, mind you, the music, you know, Beth Phoenix's music hasn't hit yet. And uh, you see Beth Phoenix in the aisleway staring them down. And she's just, you know, 
It's like her fucking feet are into the ground. She's not moving. She's just like frothing at the fucking mouth watching them. And then her music hits. And I guess that cues her to start making her way to the ring. Walking, power yeah, walking after she's like, the running fuck? away. And it's like, come on. You, you know what I mean? And this is supposedly what distracts Miz. He turns around into a spear for the one, two, three. Edge gets the win. And uh, it's pretty clear where they're going with this, which we'll get into in a little bit when we talk about our Raw recap. But yeah, just, I don't know. The match itself wasn't terrible, like you said. It was a good match. I don't think it needed to go 20 minutes. It went 20 minutes on a dot. Um, I can go without 20-minute Miz matches. I don't care who's on the other side of the ring with him. Um, but yeah, the, the the one spot that mattered, like I said, someone missed their cue. Either Beth Phoenix came out too soon or her music was played too late. Either way, it looked silly. And uh, yeah, whatever they were trying to nail, they didn't They didn't really hit their spot. Yeah, um, it just came off as like, what the fuck? Yeah, she's just standing out there. She's standing in, uh, in the aisleway waiting for her music to hit so she can make her way down the ring. Just okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, that kind of took me out of it. Probably, honestly... This probably was like the weakest match of the of, of the car. Well, no, McIntyre and Moss was. Let me, you know, let me take that back. But I, I don't know. This wasn't a terrible match, but it, uh, like I said, it could you could have cut it down in half. I don't think anybody. Yeah, you could you could have got all the stuff they got in 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 less time. Yeah, Miz doesn't need to be out there for more than twenty minutes, or for more than fifteen, honestly. Um, but yeah, that's what it was. We got uh, Edge over the Miz. Our next match was Becky Lynch versus Liv Morgan for the Raw Women's title. It's the rematch uh, from a couple weeks ago on Monday Night Raw. And uh, this was a pretty solid match, too. I, I want to say this was better than their uh, their Raw main event from a few weeks ago. The one spot yeah. that fucking that you pointed out. It was oh, the uh, Liv Morgan spot where she like does kind of like what Kenny Omega did with the catapult into the like the flip over power bomb off the turnbuckle, the sunset flip power bomb. Yeah, like, that yeah. that was that's dope to see a girl do. It wasn't as smooth as Kenny Omega's, obviously. I I didn't think it was a, shit. Honestly, I thought it was just as good, it's, especially coming from Liv Morgan. Like I, I obviously we're Bro, she's to good see in more, the ring. Yeah, like we're starting to see more of Liv Morgan. Um, so we're starting to see what she's capable of doing. I didn't know she that. You had Becky Lynch on the corner on the turnbuckle. I think she was sitting on the turnbuckle. And um, yeah, fucking Liv Morgan springboards off the second rope inside the ring and hits Becky Lynch with a sunset flip powerbomb off the springboard, um, which to me was the spot of the entire match. Like I said, yeah, that, that was cool. I did not know that Liv Morgan had that in her. And Honestly, this is a very similar spot to Kenny Omega against Hangman Adam Page at Full Gear, where uh, Kenny Omega springboarded himself, but he was on the outside of the ring on the apron, and he did it. He did it to get back inside the ring. Liv Morgan did all this shot, all this inside the ring, um, and uh, dare I say, she pulled it off just as good as uh, Kenny Omega would have. Yeah, it's impressive shit, man. Like she, she, I, I she's really growing on me. Yeah, I think her time is gonna come. It still is too soon. Because Becky Lynch, you know, her and Charlotte, they are the Roman and Brock Lesnar of the of the women's division. They're the two top, you know, females. So Becky Lynch, she ain't going to lose that to Liv Morgan. Not on a pay-per-view like this. Not this soon. Liv Morgan's time will come. 
Um, you know, I, I feel like a lot of people, like in the wrestling community, they don't understand because I, I look around and I see people's comments and stuff, and like they're saying that Liv got jobbed. Whenever you're in a main event situation with a top man or woman in a match, whether you win or lose, it's not being jobbed. You're getting an opportunity. It's and, how you get. It's how you lose because Bianca got jobbed at SummerSlam. Yeah, that's a job. Right. That so, was that. That was the job. Liv Morgan losing to Becky Lynch. Twice over the last few weeks, and the manner that she lost was not jobbing at all. It's just making it more like holy shit when Becky does get beat because, like you said, she's been an active champion for what five hundred days now. Over five hundred days, we're going on three years that she's been an active women's champion. So the girl that does beat her, it needs to be a bigger moment than just a day one. That needs to be a WrestleMania. It match absolutely has to be, you know, possibly in one of their main events. I feel like people want to rush shit too fast and, oh, yeah. let's give everybody a chance. And I'm fine with new people becoming stars, but you have to build to that. It's not just overnight. And not for nothing, I'd kind of rather see Bianca get her win back and her title yeah, back. Yeah, I would too. Live. You know, I, I think Bianca's earned that a little more. Um, she's more established because of the year that she had last year. Um, you know, I, I think Bianca should get that before Liv Morgan gets it for the first time. Maybe that seems unfair to some people, but Bianca, like I said, man, the year that she had last year, she deserved to be treated way better at SummerSlam. Yeah, Bianca needs to be the one to take that belt from her. It, the, tour, the, the, tour, the story tells itself. Yeah. And when oh. it does happen, Bianca beating Becky after she's been the champion for 500 or whatever active days, that's going to be a huge thing. Yeah. If it is Bianca, because it might not be her. Like I, I don't know. It might not be her, but I do. I would like to see Bianca get the title again. Um, but this match, uh, the finish comes when Liv Morgan goes for her finisher called Oblivion, which is um, it's basically like a like you know Shelton Benjamin's move, pay dirt. He's like basically a jumping face buster. He just grabs your face while he's in midair and brings it down with him. Yeah. Well, she basically does that, but with the help of the second rope, she springboards herself off the second rope and hits you face first, brings you down with her face first. But um, Becky Lynch actually um, counters this into her manhandle slam. For those that are not familiar with that name, it's the rock bottom. Um, and it was a nice counter, and it was a counter that made a lot of sense. And um, she goes to pin her, and she gets the one, two, three. The one interesting thing about this, it does seem as if Becky Lynch was supposed to put her – two feet on the bottom rope to get Yeah, I was just going to bring that up. She, she barely got like, her foot up. I don't think she got it at all. I think she was just a little too far uh, out of reach. Yeah. But it didn't look like she fucked up. So it's like, you know, it's just something that you kind of notice because it's a thing that she's been doing lately. She's been using the rope to her advantage every time she's been winning matches. So it's just kind of something that, you know, like that's probably something she was supposed to do. But it didn't take away from the match. It's really uh Really a competitive match. Liv Morgan, once again, came up short, but um, but I, I she don't came up short, but she left her stamp and proved like I, I belong here doing this, you know. Yeah, I I don't think that lost anything in this match. Um, again, like I said, when she eventually becomes the champion, it's going to mean that much more. Um, but this, well, actually, before I go to our main event, um, fucking Johnny Knoxville, the jackass himself. He announced on social media that he is the first man to enter the Men's Royal Rumble. <laughs> Guys, I think we got who's going to take Roman Reigns out. 
fucking Johnny Knoxville. Hey, the well, guy's he, I mean, been through so much shit, you're going to have to really fuck him up to pin him. <laughs> it, it won't take that much. He's pretty fucked up as it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, imagine that. He, he would have his choice between Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns. Johnny Knoxville, huh? Jesus. Yeah. Talk about talk about putting something on putting a stunt on fucking jackass, getting your ass kicked by Brock Lesnar or Roman Reigns is something that I, I think it's gonna <laughs> be I think it's gonna be a Moss that eliminates him and it's gonna be a brutal elimination. I'm I'd be okay with that. Yeah. He's only in there for the comedy factor anyway. Exactly. We know Exactly. He's in there to get eliminated authoritatively, and I can't think of a, a better person to do it than Omas. Um but yes, this leads to our now brand new main event, Fatal Five Way. Seth Rollins, Kevin Owens, Bobby Lashley, Big E, Brock Lesnar. little annoyance about this. Big E was the second to last to come out. He's the goddamn WWE champion. Come on. I know it's Brock Lesnar, and he's, you know, he's Brock. But uh, Yeah, that's one of those, like, uh, damn, it's like he is a champ, so I get it. Champs are supposed to come out last, but then it's Brock, and it's, it's just, it's all over the place at this point. It's, it's yeah, literally inaudible in the middle of the show. Give the damn champ his respect. That's all I'm saying. But this match... Right out the fucking gate. Um, it was just action from the start. All right. Well, first, this was, I believe this is the very first time we've ever seen Brock and Bobby interact inside the ring at all. It has to be. So yeah. when I saw that, I was like, fuck, Roman got COVID, but we're getting Bobby and Brock in the same match. Oh, Might yeah. be a fatal five way, but you get them. And it, te- it was teased beautifully in this match. Um, this match... Kicks off with uh, Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins. They start ganging up on Brock Lesnar while Biggie and Bobby Lashley start working each other on the outside. And obviously Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins, they're going to team up throughout the entire match because um, they've already discussed this is their best way of uh, winning this match. And uh, taking out the likes of Bobby Lashley and Biggie and now Brock Lesnar. Um, but the, Bo- the Bobby Lashley-Brock Lesnar tease, uh, we don't have to wait too long for it. Uh, about a minute or two in, Bobby Lashley spears Brock Lesnar through the damn barricade, and what a beautiful spear it was. My God. That was our first taste of Lesnar and Lashley. Yeah. So, destroying shit. And each other. <laughs> right. So Lesnar, everybody starts getting their licks off of Lesnar now. Lesnar tries making his way back up, only to be met with a tope suicida from Seth Rollins. I like this because, and this is why Kevin Owens is the fucking man. He lands a clean frog splash off the apron onto the floor, and it's like, holy shit! That I saw that, and I was like, wow! That, yeah, this, I, Lesner, I believe this shit. Lesnar was taking some licks, and that was kind of that was fun to watch for a change. You know what I mean? Like, you know, we're actually getting the uh, you know usually if two or three guys are attacking Brock, he makes quick fucking work of them. This time, you know, Owens and Rollins were getting their licks. They even both DDT'd him onto the steel steps. So Brock Lesnar was taken out for the time being. Uh, Big E comes and puts Bobby Lashley through the table with a, what is that called, a urinagi? Yeah, he basically hits him with a urinagi, puts Bobby Lashley through the table. Big E gets his big spot. But again, Owens and Rollins right there hit him with the steel steps. They get the better of him too. And yeah, I I don't know if you caught this, but... During wrestling matches, sometimes it's the little things that guys do, and Kevin Owens is perfect at that. When they hit Brock with the steel steps and Brock's on the floor selling, Kevin Owens is at his feet jumping back and forth like Brock does during his entrance. That that. shit had me rolling. (laughs) It's little shit like that that Kevin Owens always does 
and uh, it goes under the radar a lot of times with uh, with some people, but I definitely caught that, and it's just what makes Kevin Owens such a great performer. It's little shit like that. If you pay attention, yeah, that that was that was dope. Yeah, and uh, going back even further a little bit, um, if you saw when Brock was giving out suplexes to Rollins and Owens, he gave Owens one suplex that Owens landed in a way where it was like, holy shit, is he okay? But he's just that good, even being the size that he is, to be able to sell a suplex to where you think, oh shit, he might have broke his neck. Yeah, Kevin Owens, man, like he's so agile for his size. Um, you know, it's uh, it's the reason I would like to think that WWE locked him up for as long as they did, for as much as they did. Um, and hopefully he fulfills that entire contract. Without yeah, they, they cannot let him go. If they let him go, then, ah, oh, man. Yeah, then they then AEW deserves him if they let yeah, him. Yeah, really. you're right about that. Kevin Owens is just such a great fucking talent. They uh, get back in the ring, and uh, Owens and Rollins are working on Big E. And Kevin Owens is uh, basically propping Big E up for Seth Rollins to hit him with a curb stomp. Brock Lesnar finally enters the match, re-enters the match, picks Seth Rollins out of midair, hits him with an F5. Bobby Lashley comes, not Lashley, uh, Big E comes and follows. He gets hit with an F5. Kevin Owens goes, attempts to stunner. He gets hit with an F5. And Brock Lesnar laid everybody out with an F5, except for the guy who's about to hit him with a fucking spear as soon as he turns around, Bobby Lashley. Yeah, I, I love the way they kept, and, and I noticed this, that Brock Lesnar didn't get one lick of offense in on Bobby. No, and I believe that was by design, because uh, Bobby yeah. Lashley, you know, like I said, he hit him with the spear on the outside through the barricade, and then after Brock Lesnar is done F5-ing everybody else in the match, he turns around into a spear, a, another spear from Bobby Lashley, and we get a great near fall, Brock Lesnar kicks out at two and a half. And then Bobby Lashley slaps on the hurt lock. Which Brock, to and, me was like, whoa, I've and never Brock seen Lesnar ain't like getting this. out of it. No, he's not. He ain't getting out of it. He didn't break out of it, bust out of it. He didn't bury the fucking submission, which was nice to see. You know, because I was kind of waiting for Brock to just throw his arms back down and break the fucking hold and, you know, completely bury Bobby Lashley. Not saying that Brock would do that, but it's just WWE loves, you know, spoiling shit like that at the wrong time. Um, but no, Bobby Lashley held the fucking hurt lock in and was bringing Lesnar down to a knee until Big E came from behind and broke it up. And then Big E hits Bobby Lashley with a big ending, sending Lashley out to the floor. And then he sets his sights on Brock Lesnar. Bobby, uh, Big E wants to pin Lesnar, it seems. You know what I mean? So he goes for the big ending. Brock Lesnar slips off of his shoulder, gets him up another F5, fucking plants him. We get the one, two, three. We get a brand new WWE champion, and I don't know about you, but I was shocked. Bro, I texted you after it done. I was like, holy fuck. Like, honestly, I didn't expect this. I thought I Brock thought... was just going to fill in here. Right, because you could just easily not have Brock eat the pin. Yeah. Why the hell would he? You're not going to put him in the match just to eat the pin. That would be stupid. But, you know, you could still get away with Brock Lesnar looking, you know, every bit the beast he is. With Big E getting the pin on Rollins or Owens, because I didn't expect Bobby Lashley to eat that pin either. And apparently, you know, it seemed like Big E was set to retain the title before Roman Reigns tested positive for COVID. So Reigns getting COVID apparently changed the outcome of, of that match. And uh, here we are. Brock Lesnar is now a nine-time world champion, the sixth time he's won the WWE title. 
And he's the fifth guy to win it in, I think it was what they say, the 2000s, 2010s, and 2020s. Yeah, he now becomes another um, world champion that has won a world title in three different decades. And he did it in the first day of fucking 2022. Just raising his stock, bro. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of questions coming out of this, man. Um, are we getting a champion versus champion match at WrestleMania between Brock and Roman? Because it seems like it's still, you know, the the idea going forward for Mania. But what they tease at the end of this match, we get a stare down from Lashley and Lesnar with, La- you know. La- that Lesner. stare down, man. I'm telling yeah. you, that stare down. I was like, yo. I've been waiting for this since high school. Are we finally getting Bobby oh, and Brock one on one? Really? Finally. Cool. Fuck. <laughs> They've been around that long, bro. Yeah, dude, the mid two thousands. You know, because Bobby Lashley made his debut by saying oh five, but by then Brock Lesnar had already left. Yeah, Brock left a little bit right right before, like the year the before WrestleMania before that. The year before that, um, you know, he pursued his career in the NFL and then eventually MMA. We all know how that went. Um, but yeah, like ever since I remember when Bobby Lashley debuted back in the day in the Ruthless Aggression era, I remember people back then, myself included, like, man, what would have uh, a Brock Lesnar Bobby Lashley match looked like? You know, because Bro, Lashley during came high in. school, during yeah. high school, my bad, I don't mean to cut you off. No, that's cool. There was two matches that I said had to happen. One was Brock and Batista after they both made main event status. Never got. And that. the other was Brock and Bobby. Right. We never got Brock and Batista, but we're gonna, you know, like th- we're looking at Brock and Bobby being planted the seeds for it right here, and I'm like, holy shit! Yeah, finally. The stare down. You get Le- you get Lesnar in the ring hoisting up the newly won WWE title, smiling at Lashley who is looking dejected with MVP in the aisle, knowing damn well that he had the title won. Just the way they played it, like you said, Lesnar didn't get one ounce of offense on Lashley, and uh, Lashley got the three big hits. On Brock Lesnar, so you you knew right then and there, like, all right, we are getting Lashley and Lesnar. Yeah, we just finally. don't know when. We just don't know when. Um, and at the same time, man, I can't help but to feel bad for Big E, man, because like I said, he was supposed to win this match until until you know Reigns tested positive and changed the outcome. Uh, yeah, I like e, Big E's title run. I just I, I think he needs to refine his character a little bit with some things. Here's the one, one of them. The one thing I really liked about Big E. Um, he showed a lot of crossover appeal, man. Like, it, I can't remember the last time a WWE champion was sh- making appearances in, like, a UFC pay-per-view or college game day or the Breakfast Club. You he know, even like, cut a promo for the, the Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury 3. Yeah, man. That. Like, it was cool to see that because we finally had a WWE champion that was making it cool to be WWE champion. You know, like, granted, he lost a lot of non-title matches in this run, and he defended the title, I think, three times successfully. So if you look at it like that, it didn't look like the strongest of WWE title runs. But I'm looking at it in a sense like this dude, he had major crossover appeal, I feel. And I think that, you know, WWE, it would be wise of them to, you know, keep him in the main event scene. And keep yeah, he's definitely up. not done in the main event. I, hope- I just would personally like to see him maybe change the tire up a little bit. Lose the singlet because Big E, like, dude, did you see him during this match? Yeah. Like, the guy's 5'11", but he's built just as big as Lashley and Lesnar were. Yeah, the guy's a brick shit, <laughs> man. Like, yeah, like. I, I refuse to believe. You know, and like I, I said earlier on, on a past shows that I, I didn't necessarily see him staying in the main event. I'm taking that back. Uh, Big E definitely um, deserved a little better than this. And like I said, like, I, I just, I got I got a real kick out of seeing him. You know, do like outside appearances in big events, 
holding yeah, the bringing WWE wrestling title. onto different platforms. Yeah, it was nice seeing. When that. was the last WWE champion that's done that? And it was a new face doing it, so it was cool to see. It's like, yo, maybe they are serious about Big E. You know what I mean? Like no one else is doing that shit, not in a long time. So I kind of I, I that you know, like it, it just brought. I would think it would bring a little more, you know, attention. Yeah, I don't think he's going anywhere as far as main event status. Yeah. I think he'll be there. We'll see. Honestly, how... he'd be a nice opponent for Roman down the line if he's ever like jumped over to SmackDown. Yeah, you know, um, and we've already seen how that played out, you know. But uh, you know, there's definitely still mileage in that. Um, but yeah, it just you know makes you wonder what they're gonna do with Biggie, um, and where they're gonna go with him going forward. Um, but yeah, matter of fact, I mean, we're about to jump into what happened uh, 48 hours later on Monday Night Raw. Uh, because there's a lot to talk about as far as that goes. So uh, It's weird, right? Because usually Raw is the day after. Now it's two days after. Yeah, because we're getting all these Saturday pay-per-views. And Royal Rumble's yeah. on Saturday, too. So, uh, you know. I think a few of them this year are. Yeah. Yeah, there are. Um, I, that's Tony Khan effect. Not Tony Khan. Um, the other Khan. Nick Khan. Nick Khan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, who knows? They're probably fucking related for all we know. Who knows? <laughs> but, yeah, that was day one. Very noteworthy. Even with a last-minute change. Um, extremely fun main event. Just wish it could have gone a little longer than nine minutes, being that Edge and Miz got fucking 20. Yeah, they should have cut Edge and Miz in half and gave that to the main event. But for what it was, bro, the match was amazing. It was a lot of fun. I have went back and watched it a few times. Go back and check it out. Guys, that was day one. We're about to be right back to talk about Monday Night Raw just a couple nights after. To back up into the ring in just a moment or two for more exciting fucking action. All right, well, that was day one. A lot of shit went down day one, and uh, which makes this Monday Night Raw pretty anticipated. And uh, they waste no time giving us what we want. And uh, Raw starts off with the lights turned out. And as soon as they come back on, none other than fucking Paul Heyman standing in the middle of the ring. I'm and- not going to lie. I kind of miss Paul Heyman's introduction of Brock Lesnar. Just the way he... You know, raining, undisputed, all of that shit is just like that. That's how you fucking introduce your champion. Well, and that's exactly what we got. And uh, Paul Heyman has, you know, he's mic'd up. And he says tonight, as an advocate, because Roman Reigns always referred to him as a special counsel. He says, tonight, as an advocate, I'd like to introduce you to my client and new reigning, defending, undisputed WWE heavyweight champion of the world, Brock Lesnar. And uh, Lesnar throws the steel steps in the ring and uses it as basically like a pedestal and is standing on top of these steel steps for the entire promo. Paul Heyman hands him the mic. And Brock Lesnar says, you know, I want to dedicate this to my good buddy, Roman Reigns. I know you're watching at home. And, uh, you know, I know you're uh, watching Raw and you're seeing the real champion. And he tells him to get Will soon. And, uh... Brock Lesnar also tells South Carolina, that's where they are for Raw, to acknowledge him. Yeah, I like this Brock character. Brock I, is I, having I really a ball. Like Brock Lesnar's having a lot of fucking fun, and it shows. You know, this is like, it's just, it looks like this is the most fun Brock has ever had while being in WWE. And, uh, you know, I, yeah, like you said, it's just refreshing to see Brock Lesnar, you know, be this character. Like, he can, you know, kind of mess around and. Not necessarily be funny or anything like that, because everything he does is serious. But we all know what Brock Lesnar's capable of, so he can, 
he can experiment a little bit as far yeah. as yeah. It know was I mean? nice to see him do the majority of his talking, even with Paul Heyman there too. Yeah, it's, it's nice to see that he doesn't necessarily need Paul Heyman to do all of his talking, but no one's going to complain if Paul Heyman's back with Brock Lesnar. Um, so no, because didn't Paul Heyman come out with a line like, oh, one week without me and Roman caught COVID? Yeah. Like, holy shit. <laughs> and then Paul Heyman says karma's a bitch. <laughs> Paul Heyman is just a genius when it comes to this shit. Yeah, and Paul Heyman, you know, um, he starts talking about the, um, well, I should have mentioned before, that uh, the initial Fatal 4-Way that was supposed to take place at day one was now going to take place as the main event of this Monday Night Raw to determine Brock Lesnar's opponent at Royal Rumble for the WWE title. So we are getting the Fatal 4-Way that we were promised. It's just not for the WWE title, and it's two nights later. Which I'm not complaining about. No, not at all. And uh, Paul Heyman addressed practically each opponent saying that Seth Rollins claims he's a visionary, but he can't see how stupid he is to realize that he can't beat Brock Lesnar, which is why he needs Kevin Owens to help him. And he said, um, Seth Rollins knows he can't beat Brock Lesnar. And he also knows that if he doesn't beat Brock Lesnar, his wife is going to leave him. Damn. He (laughs) says, I don't know who his wife is going to leave him for. It can't be Kevin Owens because he can't beat Brock Lesnar either. Then that brings him to Bobby Lashley. And he says, Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar have never met. They've never shook hands. It's almost as if they've avoided each other this entire time, which is not true. And uh, he says that uh, this is the first time they've ever locked up in this match. And Bobby Lashley attacked Brock Lesnar or basically blindsided him three times in the match without Brock Lesnar getting a lick of offense, just as you pointed out, Mike. So Brock, uh, basically Paul Heyman is saying is, I kind of hope you win it. Because when you win this, if you win this match, it ain't gonna be you ain't gonna be attacking Brock Lesnar from behind. You're gonna see him face to face. Paul's not alone, bro. There's a lot of people that hope Bobby Lashley wins this shit too. Yeah, the fatal four way. Right, and um, that leads to uh, Paul Heyman bringing up Biggie, which he actually puts him over pretty big. Saying like, we got nothing bad to say about Biggie. We have the utmost respect for him. He was a great champion. And we would be honored if he wins this match tonight. And, you know, we'd be honored to face him at the Royal Rumble, which was pretty cool to hear. But it also, that promo also sounded kind of like damage control in a sense where, you know, WWE knew that they pissed off a lot of their fan base by taking the title off of Big E. So, all right, Paul, go out there and tell everybody how great Big E is. You know what? They maybe necessarily might, they might not have wanted to take the title off of Big E. But for draw and money purposes and appeal, Brock Lesnar and Bobby Lashley is a bigger appealing match than it is. And, and you know what? And Brock Lesnar would have there been. have been worse title changes than this. You know, like honestly, it, it was a shock and it worked. You know, because no one expected to see Brock Lesnar leaving with the WWE title because he wasn't supposed to challenge for it. So it definitely, you know, succeeded as far as shocking fans and giving an unpredictable finish. Yeah, but like we've had way worse title changes. All right, Goldberg beating Kevin Owens and Bray Wyatt separate times for the universal title come to mind. Um, and hell, you know, this isn't even the worst Brock Lesnar title change because I think a lot more people were pissed off when he squashed Kofi Kingston to win the WWE title a couple years ago. Yeah, I remember that. So, like, I don't know. I, I, a lot of people that are going to be complaining about the title change are the same people that complain about every single fucking thing. You can't make anyone happy those are the yeah, fans. There's some people that no matter what you do you're damned if you do you're damned if you don't right 
you know, like you just might as well not watch wrestling at all, whether it's WWE, AEW, because you're just going to find something to complain about. And yeah, this was a title change that granted, I wasn't ready for Big E to lose the title just yet, but in the manner that he lost it, he didn't get squashed. He looked pretty strong. You know what I mean? It was a hell of a match. He lost to Brock Lesnar in a competitive manner. Like, there's worse ways to lose the fucking title. Yeah, way oh, worse. Oh, I, can, I, can, I can imagine people being a little annoyed. You know, they weren't ready to see E lose the title. But, like I said, I, I'm holding out a little bit of hope that he remains in the main event and they continue to build him strong. And maybe, you know, he's a potential world champion again sometime in the Yeah, future. I think he is. You know? Um, but, yeah, you know, really interesting way to start Raw. You know, uh, we got the fate. We're gonna get the fatal four way in the main event. The winner's gonna fight Brock Lesnar at the Royal Rumble. So right out the gate, they're not wasting any time. The build to Royal Rumble starts immediately, which I'm a fan of. Um, so you know, right out the gate, you know, they're giving us what we want. They're not wasting any damn time by giving us a match we don't care about. It was Brock Lesnar, and we get Paul Heyman. Apparently, we got Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman back together. We'll see how long that lasts. Um, next match we had was RK Bro in a non-title match going up against Alpha Academy, Chad Gable and Otis. And uh, Gable and Otis actually get the win here. And um, the beginning of the match, Randy Orton tells Riddle that, you know, the reason we've been winning lately and we've been successful the last few times is because you've been listening to me. And this could be the beginning to their, like, you know, start to their breakup. Could be. Laws here. Here's what I'm thinking. Here's what I'm thinking, and I'm going to jump ahead a little bit because uh, a little later on in, in, uh, in the evening, we get Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins talking strategy once again, saying like, hey, you know, it almost worked last night. Let's work together again tonight. Make sure you know, It doesn't matter if it's you or me that wins, but let's make sure it ain't Lashley or Big E because whoever goes on to win tonight, the other will help him beat Brock Lesnar at, Wrestle- at Royal Rumble. And then maybe, you know, the two of us could have our title match at WrestleMania. This, Which match, honestly is a solid plan. <laughs> this is the title match that you've been fucking trying to, 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 to make happen over the last few months. Yeah, I know. You're just I've been dying out of Kevin that. Owens' mouth himself. Um, so here's the thing, what I think is going to happen. And I, I, I think that this Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins team up is working better than people realize. And that includes WWE creative. So here's what I'm thinking. Perhaps it's too soon to break up Randy Orton and Riddle. Because granted, it's going to happen. We know it. It's in Randy Orton's character to turn on his partner. We all know that's going to happen. So why rush it? All right? These guys are making a, making a lot of money merch-wise, right? They're one of the top merch sellers, RK Bro. They're one of the best acts they have going in WWE. And honestly, before Raw, before the draft helped out Raw, RK Bro they, was... They were carrying Raw. They were carrying Raw like you wouldn't believe. They were literally the only reason to watch Raw for the bulk of 2021. So it doesn't necessarily make much sense to break them up so soon, all because of WrestleMania being, you know, right around the corner. So what I'm thinking here, which could be a very entertaining tag title uh, feud, possibly even for WrestleMania, Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins seem to be working really well as a team. They're really entertaining. Why not them two go after the tag titles uh, with Riddle and our, and, uh, and Randy Orton? And possibly, yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I wouldn't be mad at that at all. Possibly a WrestleMania tag team title match. I, I get it; they're not; they're both not, you know, traditional tag teams. And um, and, and the thing is, too, like Raw, their tag division is kind of weak as it is. 
You know what I mean? So I wouldn't be opposed to Rollins and Owens, you know, challenging Randy Orton and Riddle for the tag titles because it would be really entertaining. Owens and Rollins, they they got a lot of chemistry together. You know, whether they're facing each other or they're teaming up now, it's a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, they are. Them going up against Randy Orton and Riddle, who are also two guys that you wouldn't expect to be together, and it works great. So, I mean... Maybe it doesn't make sense to break up Orton and Riddle right away. Maybe there's still money to be made there. You can always have that match at SummerSlam, you know, later in the year between Orton and Riddle when they do. You're right. They do have big fours for a reason. Yeah, exactly. So it it might be too soon to break up Orton and Riddle because, you know, they're they're making a lot of money merch. They're really over. All right. And, um, yeah, you got another team in Owens and Rollins who are just as entertaining and seem to be on to something. They're going to need something to do because it's going to be packed at them in the main event scene come WrestleMania season. You know, and Owens and Rollins are main eventers. So is Randy Orton. They're hoping to get riddled there. So at the time, you know, at the time being, I got something for them to do. Raw tag title match at Mania. Orton and Riddle versus Owens and Rollins. I think yeah, I'm not work. mad at that at all. I think it could work, you know, because the more and more I see Rollins and Owens, their backstage interactions, how they work together in a match, whether they're against each other or they're a team. It's a lot of fun to watch. It's a lot of fun to watch. So maybe yeah. there's something there. You know, and that's just, that's just something I've pointed out that I've been kind of paying attention to. So maybe they're going to keep Rollins and Owens as a team. Maybe they get a tag title uh, run out of them. Kevin Owens has yet to win the tag titles on top of that. So that could, uh, that could be the, um, you know, the title that makes him a Grand Slam champion for what it's worth. But that's just something I've been keeping an eye on. Like, maybe, you know, maybe you don't have to break up Orton and Riddle right away. You know what I mean? So The, the more you slow build this, the better the payoff's going to be. Right. Exactly. There's so no need to rush into it just because it's WrestleMania season. You know, because to me, it sounds like, like, yeah, the angle will work whenever Orton does eventually turn on, or- on Riddle. But you might also be leaving a lot of money on the table doing it too soon. Yeah. You know what I mean? So... Like I said, if you have to prolong it a little more and, you know, eventually get to that match, it could be at SummerSlam. It doesn't have to be at Mania. I, I'm excited, bro, because WrestleMania season is always, like, the most exciting part of the year. Yeah, and, and at times it could be very predictable. And right now it's not predictable. And I yeah, like you don't know what's going to happen. Like, so it, it's nice. You know, it's a nice change of, uh, you know, change of pace. Um, so what else happened on Raw? We get a fucking tag match with the 24-7 title involved, and I'm not even... Yeah, who gives a shit? Yeah, just none of that makes any sense. Um, We get the women's tag titles, another thing that, you know, they've not made anybody really want to care to watch. I forgot Zelina Vega and Carmella were even the champs. I thought yeah, it was still fucking superhero and her homegirl. Yeah, and they, uh, Zelina and Carmella made quick work of Rhea Ripley and Nikki Ash to retain the titles in a two-and-a-half-minute match. You wonder why no one remembers that there's women's tag titles. Um, it could have to do with the length of the matches, and it could have to do with the lack of tag teams in the women's division. So it could have to do with both. Um, later on in the, on Raw, we uh, find out that two tag teams, the Street Profits and the Mysterios, entered the Royal Rumble. And we also find out that Vince McMahon placed Austin Theory in, which I think Vince is going to have him come in at number one. And this is where Austin Theory is, you know, he's going to have his breakout performance, a strong rumble performance. I love maybe that he, idea. Maybe he comes in number one and is in there for an hour and then gets eliminated. 
I, I honestly, I love that idea. Um, and Vince McMahon putting, you know, because Vince McMahon brought Austin Theory in, you know, and told him that he's putting him in the Royal Rumble. And, I, you know, he's, he's all excited to tell him, and he's telling him how he was, you know, disappointed in him that he lost his match to Finn Balor, but he made up for it by attacking him from behind because Vince McMahon says that's what a real man would do. Um, I appreciate Vince McMahon himself putting Austin Theory in the Royal Rumble and giving him that rub. With that said, I um, I don't think we need to see Vince McMahon on TV anymore. He's getting old, man. He's really – you can see it. He's getting old. It's, it's not just that, too. It's just like, dude, one, the suits he's been wearing are more ridiculous than the shit Seth Rollins or Becky Lynch wear. <laughs> and it's not meant to be that way. Okay? On top of that, it's hard to understand what Vince McMahon even says because he fucking grunts. He grunts what he says. Like he, you, you have to like really lean in to to try to understand what he's trying to say. You know, he just has this like grizzled fucking. Oh, I'm gonna put you in a Royal Rumble. Uh, like he... <laughs> that was pretty good. Yeah, I, I can do a good Vince McMahon. Uh, you'll you'll find that out one day. Um, but yeah, I. Uh, I, I didn't even think about it. Like when you when you brought it up that he should put him as uh, as the number one entrant. That's perfect. And that yeah, would, that would be a good way for him to break out. Right, and that would be a Vince McMahon thing to do. It's like, all right, I'm putting you in a rumble, but there's a catch. You're going to be the first one in. So good luck. Impress me. And I think that's what we're going to get. I, I expect Austin Theory to have a strong showing. And I, like I said, I love your idea of him being number one, lasting throughout. You know, the Royal Rumble, racking up a couple eliminations, a couple, you know, near misses. You know, let him avoid elimination by the skin of his ass. And I think Omas is clearly going to have a huge in the Royal Rumble because he's like seven foot four. So why wouldn't he? And not um, to mention, since we're talking about Raw, he just beat AJ Styles clean. So right. why not have him come out and destroy the Rumble? Exactly. So uh, more, um, even more telling about this whole AJ Styles and Moss breakup. At first, it seemed like they were going to go forward with AJ being the heel because you had AJ calling him a piece of trash for not helping him. And, like, that's not something a babyface would say to another, you know, to his partner. So, at, at first, I'm thinking, like, well, that doesn't make sense. Why the hell would you want to turn AJ Styles heel, who is half as big as Omas? Yeah, I think Omas being the heel is better because, look, the guy is fucking huge. He's yeah. Like a building. And on top of that, fans are dying to cheer for AJ Styles. Yeah, they are. It's and it's about it's about time we get AJ Styles as singles competitor back, um, because the the you know the the fucking opportunities are endless. I expect AJ Styles to have a big match at WrestleMania. I'm assuming that could be against Edge, because we've never seen that I before. To God, it is. Because yeah, I've been waiting for that. It's a dream match within the company that they don't have to look outside to go and get. Um, so it makes sense, you know, and, and Edge and Edge versus AJ Styles is definitely a WrestleMania worthy matchup, especially first time ever. So I, I expect a, AJ Styles to be, you know, um, treated as such going forward. And um, them two could very well steal WrestleMania. Oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah. But this was nice. I'm glad they got AJ and Amos out of the way and they're not dragging it out because this, this, this match can only be so good, even if it is AJ Styles bumping around for Omos. Um, Omos is still very green in the ring. And, um, you know, there's not an AJ Styles or Ryan Danielson out there that's going to make him any better than he already does. So, you know, they got this match out of the way, quick and painless. Obviously, Omos won. Um, he won with a double choke, uh, double-handed choke slam. And, uh, yeah, hopefully, you know, quick and painless. We don't need to see too much more of AJ Styles and Omos. 
Um, like I said, Omas should be built as a fucking as the monster that he is. That'll you know be the case at the Royal Rumble. I almost expect him to break Braun Strowman slash Brock Lesnar's um, elimination record in a single Royal Rumble. Because look at look at the size of him. I mean, yeah, why wouldn't he? So yeah, you know, AJ bumped around for him in this match. It didn't overstay its welcome, thankfully. Um, and Omas went over. Uh, we also had Damian Priest defending the U.S. title against Dolph Ziggler. And uh, catch is if Damian Priest loses his damn mind and gets himself disqualified or counted out, he would lose the U.S. title. No champion's advantage, right? Because uh, that's the, the thing they've been doing with him lately. He gets disrespected by someone in the match, whether it's in the match or someone outside on, uh, you know, at ringside. And then Damien Priest loses his damn mind, loses his cool, gets himself disqualified or counted out because he's distracted and he's, you know, full of rage. So they had this going for him. And Bobby Roode was out there trying to provoke him to lose his shit. Damien Priest. And he did on on Bobby Roode. <laughs> yes, he, he teased hitting Dolph Ziggler with a chair, and, and Ziggler's on his knees begging him to hit, hit him with the chair so he can win the U.S. title, and he does He fucking nailed Roode with that chair, bro. He really, like, threw that shit hard. Yeah, he did. And um, all comes down to Ziggler eating the, uh, what does he call? It's the crossroads, but I can't remember what Damien. Uh, what, what the fuck does he call? Uh, rec- is it Reckoning? Reckoning. No, right? Yeah, the Reckoning. Is that it? That's what he calls it. Which, it's a dope move. Yeah. And uh, Damien Priest hits Ziggler with the Reckoning to retain. Damien Priest still continues to be built uh, very strongly. Still has yet to eat a pinfall or a submission uh, loss. I just still I'm wish... cool with it, bro. Yeah, I, I am. Yeah. I just wish Finally he was... a cool Puerto Rican wrestler. I'm cool with it. But I wish... I know... Like, I wish he would do more meaningful shit, too. You know? I wish he would of... showcase better. Yeah, and I think uh, this is where I think a move to SmackDown would have really benefited. Yes, especially we both now, thought he was going to go. Especially now that McIntyre's out and Jeff Hardy's released, Damian Priest would have been the ideal guy to step up and go up against Roman and give him a competitive match, and he would have lost yeah. that match. Granted, but he would have looked solid coming out of that, and it could have elevated him. Yeah, I like that. But, idea. but now instead, he's on Raw with everybody else. And it, to me, Raw's getting really crowded now. Brock Lesnar's on Raw. <laughs> yeah, wow. That like, I I love Brock being champion and shit, but I didn't even think like now Brock is taking up another spot on Raw. So, exactly. but then again, he, he's a free agent. He hops back and forth. Yeah, so. I mean, he's gonna be on SmackDown too because clearly they're not done with him and Roman. They're not gonna just forget about that. Um, so uh, a little later on in the night. We get uh, the Miz and Maurice come out, and they're all full of excuses as to why Miz lost to Edge. A couple nights before day one, and Edge comes out with Beth Phoenix. And uh, long story short, they basically lay down the challenge that we all knew was going to happen. A mixed tag match at the Royal Rumble. And uh, we're going to get Edge versus Beth Phoenix. No, and not Edge versus Beth Phoenix. No, definitely not that. Edge and Beth That's Phoenix. not until they get home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no holds barred. Um, yeah. <laughs> Edge and Beth Phoenix to face off against the Miz and Maurice at Royal Rumble. Um, yeah, I guess. Fuck it. Hopefully, that's the end of that. That's all I, I hope. But, but, I want to get this out the way. Yeah, that's all. That's really all I want. Just get it out the way so we can have Edge focus on a much better opponent at WrestleMania. We can start to build to that. Like I said, hopefully, that's AJ Styles. But hell, you know, it could be Finn Balor. It could be someone else he hasn't faced. So, it, you know, either way, I just. Let's get this out of the way. 
you know, WWE is going to get the mixed tag match that they have such a fucking raging heart on for. Um, so, you know, they're getting it. Nothing else to really say about that. Um, we get Becky Lynch comes out, cuts a promo. She's interrupted by both Liv Morgan and Bianca Belair, and it kind of leads to a brawl between the three with Becky Lynch standing tall. And this also leads to Dewdrop backstage goes and interrupts Sonya Deville and Adam Pearce, complaining that the same women are getting the same opportunities all the time. Dewdrop complains about it. Sonya Deville makes a match for next week's Raw, a triple threat match between Dewdrop, Bianca Belair, and Liv Morgan, with the winner facing off against Becky Lynch at the Royal Rumble. Um, honestly, I could see Dewdrop winning that match just because we don't necessarily need to see Becky face Bianca or Liv Morgan so soon again. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. Like, they just had two matches already. I just We've want... seen Becky and Bianca do it last year a couple times. So, yeah, I, the only thing is, it's just Dewdrop is considered a heel, they're not going to yeah, turn Becky weird. Lynch. Yeah, like Becky Lynch is going to remain a heel. I can't imagine they're going to turn her for this unless they turn Dewdrop face um, just for this feud. I don't know. But um, a heel versus heel feud is definitely, um, it's not common. That's for sure. Um, It's something that, you know, most bookers tend to stay away from. So it'll be interesting to see what they do with that unless we get, you know, a rematch between Becky and Bianca or Liv Morgan. At the Royal Rumble, um, but I could just see it being Dewdrop just because it's a fresher matchup, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I could see that, and you know, it'll like I said, this would work better if Becky was the face and see her having to overcome the odds of a much larger opponent. But um, yeah, I just wonder how they go about that. But uh, that's what the woman's the Royal Women's title is uh, looking like heading into the Royal Rumble. And that brings us to our fatal four-way main event, which was supposed to be the WWE title match at day one. Big E, Bobby Lashley, Kevin Owens, Seth Rollins. And yeah, this and match you, didn't disappoint either, man. You had brought up a point before, and you said, yeah, I wonder if this was the exact match that we were going to get at day one before all the COVID shit happened. And if it was, I, it would have been just as good as the one last night. Yeah, if anything, Saturday. It, if anything, it just would have been a little longer. Um, yeah, match went on for close to a half hour, um, whereas the main event at day one was only nine minutes, and uh, they packed a lot of action in those nine minutes. Uh, but this, yeah, match, they did. yeah, this match went on a little longer, and Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins once again, they uh, they had the numbers game playing against working Bobby together, and- allowing each other to try and get a pinfall. Yeah, and the way they were uh, working Brock Lesnar on day one was very similar to how they worked Bobby Lashley. And in fact, Bobby Lashley goes to spear Kevin Owens through the barricade, but Owens moves out of the way. And And Bobby uh, Lashley and E end up teaming up for a little bit. Yeah. Well, they had no choice, but uh, Bobby Lashley, he, uh, he, he gets a a frog splash just like uh, Brock Lesnar did on day one from the outside. Um, uh, Kevin Owens off the apron hits him with a frog splash. And then this is where um, Seth and Kevin Owens, Planted Big E with a powerbomb through the announce table, shield style. And, uh, yeah, it looked like Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins were, you know, controlling the match. They were working together. They weren't even, again, weren't even breaking each other's pins up. So they committed to helping each other out, which was kind of fun to watch. And then when you see Big E and Bobby Lashley, they, uh, they get wise to what's going on. They look at each other. And Owens and Rollins realize, shit, 
they're on to us, and now they're about to start teaming. So, Bobby Lashley and Big E basically chase Rollins and Owens out of the damn arena into the stands. They're fighting in the concession stands. Get another table spot, too. Yeah, two table spots this match. Kevin Owens gets put through a uh, a table full of WWE merchandise. Big E hits him with a urinagi through the table. We come back from break, and you see Big E, Seth Rollins, and Bobby Lashley fighting, like, I guess, you know, like underneath a balcony, still in the crowd, only for Kevin Owens to jump off of that goddamn balcony. Another reason why KO is the man, bro. And, like, I don't know if you noticed, and this is not to, like, try and shit on AEW or anything, but a couple months ago, AEW did a spot like this where the Young Bucks and them were waiting for Christian to jump. Yes. If you watch closely at this, you can see Rollins actually holding, like, trying to hold Lashley and, like, trying to hold Big E in place while Kevin Owens sets up. So it doesn't just look like they're just standing there waiting to catch the guy. Right. They definitely hid that spot a lot better. And um, I also think what also helped big time was the camera work. Because the camera wasn't, you know, Kevin Owens wasn't in the shot until he landed the senton splash onto E. Lashley and Seth Rollins. And if you notice, Bobby and Big E, they don't look up once. So it doesn't really look like they know he's coming. Exactly. So which is why the spot worked great. As far, as far as how it came off on TV, it looked great. And uh, Kevin Owens, again, you know, does shit that you wouldn't expect someone like Kevin Owens to do. You know, he does the flip. He's like a Jeff Hardy, uh, Mick Foley hybrid, you know? He's built yeah. like Mick Foley, but he can flip like Hardy. <laughs> yeah, no shit. That, that's actually a great way to put it. He's like, a, he's, he's a slimmer Bam Bam Bigelow. Yeah. You know? Um, Bam Bam Bigelow was so agile for his size, man. He was a lot bigger than Kevin Owens, and he was pulling off moonsaults and shit like that. So, Bam Bam, I always felt like was such a fucking slept on he, wrestler. He's so under highly underrated, so underappreciated, man. But Bam Bam Bigelow was capable of putting on some really great matches. Um, and Kevin Owens, yeah, he he reminds me a lot of Bam Bam Bigelow, but even more agile. You know what I mean? Yeah, Not Kevin as big, Owens the man, dude. Yeah. So, you know, great spot from Kevin Owens there. And like I said, they they hit it well. They didn't make it so obvious that someone was about to fucking dive onto them. You know, so that was cool to see. Um, but, uh, yeah, we get back into the ring. And uh, Big E and Bobby Lashley, they, you know, kind of start working a little bit together. And uh, pretty much, um, well, yeah, they kind of had to in order to uh, fend off Rollins and Owens. And uh, the finish comes. Bobby Lashley hits Big E with a spear first. And he hits Seth Rollins with a spear, and then he nails Kevin Owens with one, and he gets the pin on Kevin Owens. And that makes Bobby Lashley the new number one contender, which means it's set in stone. We're finally getting Bobby Lashley versus Brock Lesnar at the Royal Rumble in St. Louis. This is a stadium, by the yeah, way. Yeah, bro, you, you have no idea how excited I am about the this. WWE. You might have because you've been watching it just as long as I have. <laughs> I know how excited you are because I'm just as. Um, Bobby Lashley, Brock Lesnar, not only are we getting it, we're getting it in the fucking stadium, we're getting it at the Royal Rumble, and the WWE title is on the line. We go back to Brock Lesnar, who's watching this match on the monitor, and a backstage interviewer, I think it's Kevin Patrick, asks him you know, his thoughts on what just happened. And Brock Lesnar basically no-sells Bobby Lashley winning the match. He says, what I think, tell Roman Reigns I'll see him on Friday. 
Yeah, that's real interesting. When I saw that, I was like, oh, he's just brushing Lashley under the ring. Like, yeah. he's just a stepping stone. So here's the thing. A lot of people expect or, you know, are thinking that the WWE and Universal title are going to be either unified or we're getting a title versus title match at WrestleMania between Roman and Brock. That can't happen. And I'll tell you why. What the hell's the point of a men's Royal Rumble if we're going to have the champion versus champion match between Rock, uh, Brock and Roman? Yeah. There is literally that, no reason for a men's Rumble if it's going to be a t- uh, champion versus champion match. This is all really interesting. Yeah. So I need to, to see where it goes. To me, it tells me that Brock Lesnar, I, I mean, either Brock or Roman are going to drop their title before Mania. I'm picking Brock Lesnar to drop his title because Roman's had his for far too long just to drop it now. So I feel like possibly, I don't know if it's at the Rumble or if it's to Bobby Lashley in general, but I think Roman Reigns, somewhere down the line before Mania, is going to cost Brock Lesnar the WWE title. You and know gonna, what, bro? That's perfect fucking booking, too. Yeah. Because you keep Brock looking strong, Roman right. costing the title, you know? Yeah, you get your other title match, your other WWE title match at Mania. Said, there's no reason to have a Royal Rumble, a men's Royal Rumble, if both champions are going to be facing each other with the belts on the line at Mania. What's the, what's the Rumble winner going to do? You, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, don't, and don't give me the shit that you make a triple threat. With the Rumble winner in there, I don't want to see another triple threat. No, we don't need that. We I, had one, what, last year? Yeah, we had Roman, Brian, and Edge, which, granted, they tore the fucking roof off. Absolutely. But I don't want to see two straight WrestleMania main events with a triple threat. Yeah, you're beating it now. You're beating it to death. You know what I mean? You know, especially with everything they're doing with Brock and Roman. It's the best story being told in WWE by far. So, yeah, I, I do expect to still see Roman and Brock because you, you, can't, you can't just ignore it. You know what I mean? Now that Roman, you know, got COVID. Roman's not going to have COVID the whole fucking time. He'll probably, he may even be on SmackDown this week. Who knows? You know yeah, I mean? with, so, you know, with this new shit they got out now, I guess it's down to, what, five days? Yeah. You know, so, you know, I, I, I don't expect to, I don't expect to watch SmackDown without Roman for, for that long at all. You know what I mean? So we're, we're, we're definitely going to still get Brock and Roman. And I don't expect that to be a title versus title match. I Royal Rumble, which makes it an even bigger, you know, a bigger mystery. And I like it though because more often than not, more, yeah, you a can lot tell of WrestleMania, a lot of WrestleMania is very predictable by the time you get to the Royal Rumble, and you can almost guess the card yourself, you know. And you know, obviously, we're gonna get Roman and Brock, so there's your predictability. But how we're gonna get there is gonna be a lot of fun to watch because now Paul Heyman's back with Brock Lesnar, and I don't expect that to last either. I still expect some kind of ruse. I still expect some kind of plan from Paul Heyman and Roman Reigns to yeah, get Paul over. Yeah, could have a, a hand in Roman costing Brock the title. Exactly. And it might not be so in your face right away. That turn could happen at Mania. You know what I mean? So they have, Isn't it crazy, bro? We, like, we're getting mixed into one that we were talking about at SummerSlam last year. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, so like as far as the WWE title match is concerned at WrestleMania, I have no idea what it's going to look like. But I do expect Brock Lesnar to drop it to somebody because of Roman Reigns costing him that. Now, that somebody could be Bobby Lashley. That somebody could be Big E. I don't know. I have no idea where they're going with the WWE title, and I love it because it's it's completely unpredictable. I just hope, Wrestling is best when it's unpredictable. Yeah, and I just hope that, you know, whatever the WWE title match is looking like at WrestleMania, I hope it's, you know, it's worth all this good storytelling. You know what I mean? Like, 
if it's just for a title match that we really don't care to watch or we've seen a bunch of times, then it would have all been for nothing. And a lot of people are speculating, does this mean Big E wins the Royal Rumble and possibly challenges one of these guys at WrestleMania? I don't know. Maybe, bro. There's so many possibilities on the table. Yeah. You know, so it's it's kind of hard to see where they're going, but I'm going to have a, a lot of fun seeing it play out. And hopefully it um it plays out into a good story and it's a worthy WrestleMania matchup. Yeah, bro. I, I just still can't believe I'm finally going to see Bobby and Brock. Yeah, <laughs> I just shit, man. wanted to see it at WrestleMania because, again, I don't know, maybe Roman costs Brock Lesnar the title and it's Lashley that wins it. I wouldn't be mad at that, but I feel like the first Lashley-Lesnar match can't have a screwy finish. I don't know. I, I don't yeah, we've know been waiting too long. We've been right. waiting too long. It has to be, you know. Dude, we're going to get MVP and Paul Heyman back and forth promos. That too. Fucking wait. Like MVP and Paul Heyman going back and forth. Holy shit! Sign me up. Can't wait, man. I can't wait. Uh, very new, uh, very newsworthy and noteworthy weekend uh, between day one and Monday Night Raw on the WWE side of things. Like I and, said, uh, bro, they they kept twenty twenty one was a bang of a year, and the foot still on the pedal to start it off with this year. And it's nice to see that. You know what I mean? Um, and we're gonna keep this episode. We're gonna end it at that. Just talking about WWE and day one and what's coming, uh, you know, the results of that, the backlash that ensued after day one. Uh, because this is a very busy week in wrestling. We got NXT New Year's Evil. We got Braun Breaker challenging Tommaso Ciampa for the NXT title again. A lot of people expect him to go over. Um, we got the fucking rematch between Brian Danielson and Hangman Adam Page on the very first episode of Dynamite that's going to take place on TBS. That is so much to talk about. Hell, we even got Wrestle Kingdom going on in New Japan. Shit. We might have to talk a little bit of, uh, you know, a couple standout matches from there. I know we haven't really touched on New Japan that much, so I won't cover the entire Wrestle Kingdom. It's another two-night event, just like WrestleMania is going to be. Um, you know, I'm not going to dive too much into Wrestle Kingdom just because, you know, obviously our listeners have not really been familiarized with New Japan Pro Wrestling and all the great wrestlers that come from there, but there are going to be, I would assume, some match of the year candidates like there is every year at Wrestle Kingdom, so if and when I find one, I will bring it to your attention and uh, we will talk about it, but there's just so much shit going on in the world of pro wrestling that I had to, you know, we had to bring it, bring this episode a little shorter and just keep it at WWE and day one, uh, because our next episode we will be covering a little bit of NXT New Year's Evil. We will be covering a little bit of Dynamite. Obviously, the big rematch between Brian Page. You know, so I wanted to give us enough time to talk about all that. I don't want to keep bringing three and a half hour episodes. <laughs> yeah, those are draining. <laughs> those are a little draining for us to do. Yeah, they're, they're really, very tiring. You know, um, so you know, wanted to keep it a little shorter this time and keep it at WWE. And our next episode, we will focus a little on NXT and a little bit on Dynamite and maybe a little bit on New Japan, Wrestle Kingdom. But we'd like to thank you guys for uh, bearing with us through this tough, uh, this difficult time. COVID's a bitch. It's a pain in the ass. It's still out there. I, I'd like to change real. that. I think COVID's more of a cunt. Yeah. COVID is a bitch. It's a cunt. It's all that. <laughs> it's all that. All right. It's still out there. It's still very real. Take care of yourself out there, you know, try to avoid it, even though it's pretty damn unavoidable now because I, I didn't really do anything unsafe to 
get COVID. It kind of found me, but you know, is what it is, man. Is what it is. Next episode, you know, me and Mike will get back together. And yeah, I'm, I'm actually dying to record from the same spot. It's, it's, you know, when you don't do it for a little while, it's like, damn, I kind of missed a little bit of time that I get to get away and just go did record. You, did you hear that? He, did, Mike, just admit he misses sitting next to me doing this show. Hey. Fucking, uh, it's it's so loathsome Lex. He's loathsome to other people, but he's my dude. I'm I'm, I'm lonesome. That's for sure. Oh, lonesome. there you go. Lo- lonesome. I'm, I'm doing I'm doing too. this fucking uh, <laughs> doing this last couple episodes. Lonesome. I'm I'm lonesome Lex right now. <laughs> but uh, yeah, guys, that's our show. And uh, I mean, what would a show be without me plugging our very annoyingly long Instagram handle at the underscore wrestling underscore high. Please be sure to follow for updates on when our episodes are coming and out. And the fucking hilarious pictures that Alex Oh, posted. yeah. Our, our, our <laughs> pictures, in case anybody hasn't noticed, like those are our faces on each wrestler. Um, we try to keep some of our faces on the same wrestlers. Like I, I, I try to, because I, I, know, I know Roman Reigns is your tribal chief, Mike, even before he was a tribal <laughs> chief. So I know, I know you got a soft spot for, uh, for Roman, so I always try to keep your face on Roman. I, I know, I know how much that means to you. That's the dude, man, the needle mover. You know, so, uh, but yeah. In case anybody was wondering why uh, pictures of Roman Reigns and Edge and Kenny Omega and Brian Danielson and CM Punk don't necessarily look like them because it's our fucking faces on there, and that's how we, uh, <laughs> that's how we put our little twist to uh, on the wrestling high. We, uh, you know, give you some images, some uh, some matches uh, that we're gonna talk about, and you know, with our uh, faces on on the wrestlers' faces. I think our uh, I think our fans get a little bit of a kick out of it. I know I do. I think it's yeah, they they're fucking hilarious. Yeah. So uh follow us on Instagram at the underscore wrestling underscore high. Also look for us on Facebook. Uh we post updates on there too as well as our episodes, the links to our episodes on Facebook. Search for us the uh the wrestling high. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram. Again, thanks for bearing with us through this difficult time. We will be back to normal next episode. Mike, any uh, closing thoughts on day one? Uh, we never gave it a rating, bro. I, it was a strong overview for me. I, I think I'll, I think I'm gonna give this one an eight. An eight, huh? Yeah, I, I liked it. I I enjoyed everything from start to finish. The Migos bothered me a little bit. Some little bad spots here, but the fact that we finished off knowing that we were getting Brock and Bobby in some way for me took it from a seven to an eight. Brock. The, the the fatal five way definitely elevated the pay per view. Um, Madcap Moss and Drew McIntyre was was what it was, and Edge and Miz also was what it was. Could have been cut down a little bit. Um, they weren't the worst matches, but yeah, I, I would say I, I would give this a solid seven and a half. Um, with a stronger card, it would have been nice to have Nakamura and Zayn, and or at least an explanation as to why we didn't get it. That would have been nice. Um. But yeah, I really enjoyed this pay per view. The main event definitely put it over. And hell, I know it's—I know we're only three or four days into the new year, but damn it, I'll say it: we had our first match of the year candidate. That fatal five-way was a blast, and uh, I'll remember to uh, give it its give it its flowers at the end of this year, as far as uh, when we're talking about the best matches of 2022. Um, definitely a treat. Something we didn't, uh, you know, expect to see. Obviously, we were expecting a completely different main event. But, um, yeah, day one was a lot of fun. 
a lot of fun, a strong card. And, uh, yeah, that's all we got to say about uh, day one and the Raw that followed. A lot of shit going on. And uh, you'll hear back from us later on in the week to talk about NXT and uh, AEW Dynamite with a little bit of New Japan Pro Wrestling as far as Wrestle Kingdom goes. So for Mikey Bravo, Lex James, we'll see you on the next episode.